Hey friends, I'm Sahara and this is my podcast for all things health and wellness for the people on the planet. Our modern day lives have caused us to disconnect from not only the planet and the natural world around us, but also from ourselves. I'm here to bring you weekly down-to-earth real chats filled with inspiration and the tools and knowledge to help you kick off those shoes and step into your power barefoot. Let's do this thing. Hello, hello, my friends, and welcome back to the show. Welcome if you're new here. I hope you're having a beautiful day, and I hope you're living your best life. Now, today we are talking about the truth about recovery, and I'm talking about eating disorder recovery here. Now, if you guys have been following me for a while on Instagram, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you will know that I have previously struggled with a restrictive eating disorder, and it's something that I've been talking about quite a bit more lately, something that I just feel like I really want to share with you all, just because I know that there are actually so many women and girls, and even guys out there that struggle with body image, body dysmorphia, um, eating disorders, and it's something that just doesn't get talked about enough. In fact, fact, I read a statistic the other day that said something like 60% of people that struggle with eating disorders do not receive the help they need, or they're not um, seen as they have an eating disorder. So like it's not recognized, which is really scary because eating disorders can actually take lives. And this is why I'm so passionate about talking about it and about raising awareness around it, because we need to all recognize that this is like a serious problem and something that affects so many people and that we just need to be so much more careful with the way that we talk and the things that we share and the things that we do. So that is why I have been focusing a lot on eating disorders and all that kind of stuff recently. So today we are talking about recovery and I'm going to give you guys the real hard truth about recovery because the thing is, is that a lot of the time I personally feel like recovery is portrayed as this like, oh yes, I recovered, it was so great. You know, I went from being like in a really horrible, shitty space to feeling like 100% and now I have like a great relationship with my body. I can eat whatever I want. I intuitive eat and blah, blah, blah. Guys, that is not the case. If you're lucky, maybe your recovery goes like that. But guys, I'm telling you right now that recovery is so freaking hard. It takes a lot of determination and a lot of dedication. And for somebody that hasn't gone through an eating disorder, it can sound like really stupid. Like what you're trying to like, why would it be so hard to kind of face the things inside your head? Cause it's just yourself. It's not like it's anybody else doing this to you. That is why it's so hard because in our heads, we have this other person, the eating disorder, ED, ED, whatever you want to call it in our heads and this person isn't us. So it's almost like there's somebody else controlling us. 
And it is so hard to face up to those voices in your head because when you do, they punish you and afterwards you feel like crap. And that is why it's so hard to kind of face your eating disorder and start stepping out of it because it's like this little vicious cycle that happens inside and just because you can't see it on the outside does not mean it's happening internally. And I almost feel like that's almost like the hardest thing is the fact that it's just this internal process and you're just like constantly fighting with yourself and there's like this constant inner conflict going on. And I mean, you guys, the truth is, is that it really is not a smooth sailing ride. It's so up and down. And I think the other thing that people maybe don't take into account is that you can like fake recover, okay? And if you've gone through an eating disorder, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. You can basically like look like you've recovered on the outside, but on the inside, you haven't recovered. And this is exactly what I was saying about just because you can't see it on the outside doesn't mean it's not going on inside. I think the other huge misconception that people have is that you need to look sick and like really thin and underweight to have an eating disorder. That is not true. You can have an eating disorder at any size and it really doesn't matter whether you're male or you're female because an eating disorder can affect anyone. And so when I say fake recover, I basically mean that on the outside you look okay, but on the inside you still struggle with those voices and that constant conflict. And I think that like something that probably a lot of us that have gone through an eating disorder go through is that kind of stage of like fake recovery. I know I personally went through it myself. In fact, I didn't realize that I was like in fake recovery until like a little while ago when I was like, oh wow, like I'm not normal yet, you know? Like I'm still having all these thoughts in my head the whole time, even though on the outside I look totally normal. And this is actually, it's almost like an eating disorder in itself and it can be called orthorexia. So it's basically a place, it's kind of like, like a, like if you imagine like you have this path and then it like veers off to one side, it's kind of, it's like that. So like anorexia, I'm just taking anorexia as an example here. It could be bulimia, it could be binge eating disorder, whatever. But that's like the path. That's like the one that everybody knows, right? Everybody knows about bulimia, about binge eating disorder and like anorexia. Those are like the main ones. But then you have like all these little paths that like branch off and they're like a little more vague and a little more discreet, but they're still very much an eating disorder. And one of these little paths is orthorexia. So orthorexia is basically this form of eating disorder where you're like extremely health obsessed and health conscious. So you will literally, you will only eat clean. Like, and I don't even like calling food clean or like cheat meals or whatever. Like that just is not in my vocabulary. But for the sake of this, I'm just calling it like clean food. So by clean food, I mean like only super duper healthy food. So like they will like eat 
only lots and lots of vegetables. They probably like won't eat carbs. And if they do eat carbs, it'll only be like whole carbs and like whole foods and nothing processed and like all of that kind of stuff. And they'll be super duper health conscious about their food and then also about their exercise. So they'll probably like exercise like five, six, maybe even seven times a week. And basically they're probably over exercising still and under eating still, but just the fact that they're eating and like they look like they're still kind of normal, it's kind of like brushed under the rug, even though it's actually such a big problem because if you have orthorexia and you're obsessed with health and everything, you're most likely still not really gonna eat out with friends or go to restaurants. You're probably not really gonna let people like other people cook for you. You probably are still gonna feel like crap if you miss a training session. So that's just like, that just goes to show that you can look normal kind of on the outside, but there could be all of this stuff going on inside. And that's what people don't see. And that's what's so hard about it. And so I definitely went through this stage myself where like, I was like in the depths of my eating disorder, I had anorexia. And then I kind of, you know, I started recovering, I was eating more food and everything, but there was no way in hell that I was going to eat something that was like, cooked by somebody else or I was you know I still felt so uncomfortable to like eat at a restaurant and I would you know if I did I would have all these thoughts like oh what if there's sugar in it what if it's like refined carbs what if it's blah 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 and basically you're still stuck in this little trap of this eating disorder and you don't really realize it yourself somehow because it just almost becomes like a habit it's like oh you know you almost convince yourself oh like I'm allergic to whatever wheat for example and you tell yourself this over and over again until you almost believe it and it just becomes like this weird habit that's just ingrained and the thing is is that you're only going to realize this when you start facing those fears and facing up to that eating disorder in your head and until you do you most probably are going to continue on this vicious cycle because it is so all-consuming and so I basically just wanted to chat about this because I feel like it's something that I personally, like, I didn't see, you know, even like on social media or in, I don't know, whatever YouTube videos or like stuff, like people that I would follow, you know, as inspiration for like recovering and like eating more and whatever. They never talked about the fact that you could like fake recover. And up until recently, I was in that path of like fake recovery, thinking that I was totally normal and totally fine, even though I really wasn't. And like now I can see that so clearly because now like I'm on the other side and I'm like, wow, that's hectic, man. Like I was still so consumed by this eating disorder, but like in a totally different way. And nobody realized, like not even my mom. And that's what's so scary about eating disorders is that they really sneak up on you and they just like twist everything around kind of and like twist the truth and they just, oh, it's like such a little, like dark little hole, you know, that is really hard to get out of. But guys, you can get out of it. And there are so many people that have recovered from eating disorders and that are now living their best life and are sharing about their experiences and raising awareness and 
helping other people come out of their dark places. And so I actually wanted to share some like kind of tips and practices that I do, well, that I did and that I still do um, now that really helped me during recovery and that helped me still now just feel like centered and good in myself and that I realized that actually become really important parts of my days um, to just ground and yeah, connect. So I think my first tip for kind of like recovery and coming out of an eating disorder or coming out of a fake recovery is becoming really self-aware. And this can even be for anything. Like you don't even have to go through an eating disorder to use these tips. I think in general, they're just really good tips um, just to feel better and feel more connected and grounded in your body. But my first tip would be become very self-aware of your thoughts, of any patterns and habits, of any like processes or little things that maybe you do that maybe are not so quote-unquote normal and really start removing yourself from the eating disorder, if that makes sense. So we can, when you have an eating disorder, you can very much like associate yourself with the eating disorder, if that makes sense. Like you kind of identify yourself as this eating disorder and you identify yourself with being thin or you identify yourself with like being the person that always eats less than everybody else and that kind of stuff. So just start removing yourself from the eating disorder and like almost creating this boundary. I remember like, and I still do this sometimes because the thing about like eating disorders and recovery and stuff is that it's so up and down. And so even if you've recovered and for most of the part, you're fine, there's always going to be a bad day or a down day, a day when you're just not feeling it, a day when you just, yeah, when it just feels like crappy, right? We all have days when we feel crappy and that's going to happen. So what I always do is I like, I almost create like this divide, like this big line or a big gap. And I'm like, okay, this is me and this is the eating disorder. And it's really important to distinguish between who is talking. Is it the eating disorder talking or is it me talking? So say for example, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say I'm gonna eat a meal, for example. And I decide I'm gonna have like a pasta salad, I'm gonna throw in some chickpeas, gonna throw in some avo, some lettuce make like a nice pasta salad for lunch. And the eating disorder voice comes in and starts saying, oh no, like, don't have that much pasta, that's too much, it's gonna make you fat. Or uh, cut down a little bit on the chickpeas because that's gonna be like a lot of calories, if you know what I mean. Or, you know, you really don't need to eat that much avocado because, you know, you're fine, you don't need that. That right there, would be a little conversation going on in my head. And I have to pinpoint, ah, that's the eating disorder telling me this. So what am I gonna do? I'm gonna do the opposite of what the eating disorder is gonna tell me. And it's so important to really identify that because otherwise you can get kind of swept up and carried away and you just end up listening to that eating disorder voice. And what happens when we listen is that eating disorder voice takes more control and grows. So what I would do then is I would 
talk back to that eating disorder voice and I would say, well, you're wrong because I need to feel my body because I want to feel good and I want to live my best life and I want to get stronger and I want to feel amazing. And so you really have to kick that eating disorder in the butt and tell him like or her or whoever it is that they need to pack their bags and leave because otherwise we're going to go insane here because I'm telling you guys, the conversation is going to go back and forth. And especially in the beginning of your recovery, you're going to feel like there are people shouting in your head the whole time. Now, if you have never had an eating disorder before, I probably sound like a crazy person right now. But this is the real honest, like unfiltered truth here. And this is what I'm all about sharing this kind of stuff with you guys. So I'm just being totally real with you guys. And it's totally true. You feel kind of like a crazy person with all these voices going on in your head. And sometimes you even need to like talk out loud. Like sometimes I would say, no, I am Sahara, like randomly, just to remind myself that I'm a person, I'm a human, and I'm right here right now. So that's tip number one. Become self-aware of your thoughts, of your habits, of your processes, and distinguish if it's you doing them or the eating disorder. Now, my next tip is journal. Now, this isn't for everyone. I know journaling isn't for everyone. But for me personally, it has been the biggest help. I cannot emphasize enough how much journaling has actually changed my life. And that might sound like crazy, but it really has. And especially going through my recovery and still now, it's just become a habit. I journal every morning. And it just makes me feel connected. It makes me go through any feelings that are like stuck in my head. I just pour them out on paper and it just kind of sets me up for the day feeling like I've connected to myself and I've connected to how I'm feeling that day. So I would say, you know, grab a pen and paper, grab a notebook. And especially like in the beginning of recovery or if you've never journaled before, it's really great to just like just write anything down and I know it can feel really daunting because a lot of the time we don't know how to connect ourselves and we don't know like what's going on in my head you know what I'm saying but just start writing like feel into your body like is there a tightness somewhere is there a heaviness somewhere do you feel tired do you feel angry do you feel happy sad grateful frustrated whatever it is just start like tapping in and tuning into what you're feeling and just start writing it down or even start like writing, I don't know, about your day or what happened yesterday or last week or whatever it is. Maybe you write down a highlight or maybe you write down a down day, whatever it is. Just start writing and start making that into a habit. Like I personally love to journal in the mornings and I just like to tap in, see how I'm feeling, check in with myself. I also like to write down a little gratitude list because this really helps me to feel like, Yeah, it just makes me appreciate life. It makes me appreciate my friends, my family, the good things happening in my life. It makes me appreciate myself and my body. So just writing down a little gratitude list is always like a really nice thing to do as well. Um, Or if maybe you like to rather journal in the afternoon or the evening, maybe you like to write down about your day after it's like happened and how you felt and everything. Journaling is just a really powerful thing. And I'm actually... I think I'll make a whole separate episode on like a couple of journal prompts that are really nice to work with. Um, Let me know if you guys would be interested 
in that. You can just send me a DM or comment over on the gram and let me know if you'd, if you'd like that. I'll link my social media and everything down below. Um, okay, moving on to the next tip, tip number three. And this is going to sound a little bit cliche, but the next tip is meditation. And again, meditation is not for everyone. Meditation is actually really hard. I still find it hard and I've been, I mean, I've been, okay, let me just disclose something here. I haven't been meditating for that long. It's actually something that I've gotten into kind of recently, maybe since like end of last year, beginning of this year. But it's definitely, I feel, helped me a lot in terms of just like my mental state. And yeah, just like how my energy is feeling. So again, I meditate in the mornings. It's part of my like little morning routine. That's another thing I should actually share with you guys is my morning routine. Because morning routines, and this is going to sound again cliche, but morning routines are amazing, so helpful, so important. So I'm going to share that with you guys sometime as well. Man, so much to share with you guys. Anyway, coming back to the point. Meditation has really been a way for me to just kind of, yeah, really connect into how I'm feeling, into my energy. And I'm not going to lie, guys, it is really hard because our minds are constantly thinking about things, constantly. Like, we need to keep our minds active all the time. And so instead of, like, trying to empty the mind, as they always say, rather just, like, try and focus on a single thing. So maybe you focus on your breath. That's like what most people do. Or maybe you focus on like the way you're sitting. Maybe you're focusing on how your body feels. These are all ways that you can just kind of start to center the mind and ground it into the body. And just like, you know, be easy on yourself. Don't like say, okay, I'm gonna meditate for 20 minutes a day. Like guys, it's gonna be impossible. Start with like, three minutes, two minutes, five minutes, and just do it. Like there are so many guided meditations as well. I cannot stress how fantastic guided meditations are. They are so great. They always have like some nice music playing in the background. Find somebody with a nice calming voice. And it's a lot easier than just trying to do a self practice. So that's kind of what I've got to say on meditation. Very, very helpful, but it isn't easy, but at the same time, don't be too hard on yourself and just know that there's no such thing as a bad meditation. That is what I always like to go into when I go into meditation is not to have any expectations, just like sit there, breathe, just let it all go. Because sometimes if we have that expectation, it almost like, I don't know, almost like gives you this anticipation and you just feel almost like you're setting up to fail. I don't know. That's just how I feel personally. So I always like to say to myself, there's no such thing as a bad meditation. And just just breathe. Just let go. And now carrying on from that, tip number four, which really, really helped me hugely in my recovery journey and is still something that I practice regularly now, is yoga. Now, my mom is a yoga teacher, so I've grown up having yoga like in my life. But it was always, you know, the thing that obviously because my mom was a yoga teacher, I thought it was the lamest thing in the world. And I was like, no, people used to ask me, 
do you do yoga as well or do you join your mom's classes? And I was always like, no, 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 no. No way. I do not do yoga. And then there came a time when I was feeling depressed and I was feeling down and my mom taught me how to do the sun salutations and I did them and I felt amazing afterwards and I was like, oh, maybe there's a reason that people do yoga. So yoga has now become a practice that is just part of me. It always makes me feel better whenever I'm feeling down, whenever I'm feeling disconnected or just bad in my body. Yoga gets me grounded and centered and back into the present moment and back into what is important and real for me. So again, with this, don't just like dive in if you've never done yoga before and like go on and do like a full on self-practice. Don't go and do like a hectic vinyasa or power yoga. Also, if you're like in recovery, that is really not what you should be doing. You want to be doing gentle, calming, relaxing, stress relieving, stretching yoga. Okay, like really nice. Like it feels like a warm hug. Like that's what you kind of want. And there are so many people that have so many YouTube videos on yoga and yoga practices. But I want to recommend one person in particular. And she is kind of who inspired me in my whole yoga journey. And she's kind of, yeah, the person that really sparked the love for yoga in me when I just first started and made me want to like keep coming back and I really really found her practices so incredible um, and I still do them now and this amazing person is Kat Meffin and she has a YouTube channel she has Instagram she also has a yoga membership that you can join and she just has such beautiful practices. She's got a whole variety of practices from like really slow and stretchy, calm practices, which I would recommend for you right now. Um, but then she's also got like more advanced practices and stuff like that. But I think the amazing thing and the reason why I connected to her is because she has a really amazing story as well that she went through an eating disorder herself. So in that way, I could really connect to her. And yeah, I just found that her practices were just really, really beautiful and they always made me feel so good. So if you're wanting to get into yoga, I would definitely recommend checking out Kat Meffin. Um, I will link also her YouTube and Instagram down below so you can check that out. Um, and that would be really fantastic if you're wanting to do like a home practice. Otherwise, if you're in the Garden Root area of South Africa, then I would recommend two other people. First of all, my mama, she is a fantastic yoga teacher. I'm actually sitting in her yoga studio right now that we have on the property um, and recording this episode because it's the quietest it's the quietest place on the property. So if you're in the garden root area and you're feeling like you need some yoga, my mama has got you covered. She has beautiful practices, she's got a beautiful space, everybody always raves about her voice. Everybody thinks her voice is fantastic, like all her yoga students are always like, oh my gosh, Petra, your voice is so calming. So yeah, my mom is a fantastic yoga teacher and she's at the moment due to like COVID and everything, she is doing online audio classes. So if you guys would be interested in that, because they are really, really good, I will 
link her email address down below so you can send her an email and she can send you some classes. Um, I'm going to have so many links at the bottom of this thing, but anyway, definitely check all the links out because they are really, really important. And I feel like they're going to be really good and really help you guys a lot. So I would recommend my mom or another very special friend of mine, um, Adele. And she and her husband run a beautiful little studio in Naisnam, which is the little town that I live just outside of in South Africa. Excuse me. Um, hiccups. Dang. Um, and they run a beautiful little studio called Studio on Main. I will link the website below. And she offers beautiful practices as well. She also has a YouTube channel with guided meditations. So definitely check that out as well and yoga flows and everything so yeah lots of links to check out but definitely do check them out now my last two little tips are more kind of not like a physical thing that you're actually doing and number one or not number one of all the tips but the first tip of the two last tips is talk get it off your chest not everybody's a talker like my sister is not a talker she never shares her emotions i personally am a talker hence having a podcast um and so whenever i'm feeling down if i don't write or journal it i probably will write and journal it but i will also go and i will chat to my mom or i'll chat to a friend or something and that just helps me to just get it off my chest get it into the open and get a little bit of perspective and also from the other person they can give you some perspective and like make you realize that, I don't know, if you're feeling anxious around food or you're feeling, I don't know, the voices are like coming in and they're telling you that you're like a bad person because you didn't do this and you didn't do that. It just gives you some perspective and like helps you see that it's actually really stupid. You know, you are an amazing person. You deserve to have a beautiful life and you're worthy of all the love and kindness in the world. So getting it off your chest is a really excellent thing to do. Now my last and final tip is be easy on yourself. Be easy on yourself. Don't be hard on yourself. And personally, this is like a big one for me because I'm such like a perfectionist and everything I do, I want to do 100% perfect. And so, you know, I remember saying to myself, okay, I'm going to recover. I'm going to recover perfectly. Never gonna have any ups and downs. I'm just gonna go from A to B. It doesn't work like that, my friends. It does not work like that. There are always gonna be ups and downs and twists and turns. So don't be too hard on yourself. Don't put too much pressure on yourself and allow yourself to feel the feelings, let them come up, process them, and let them go. And if they need to come up again, then that is okay. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope it was useful. I hope you guys found some tips. And I'm just sending you guys so much love, big, big hugs right now. And just know that you've got this, you're amazing, and you are meant to live a beautiful life. I am going to love and leave you all now, and I will catch you all on the other side. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Barefoot Chats podcast. Now, before you go, I need you to do me one little favor screenshot the episode you're listening to right now and share it on your Instagram stories, making sure to tag at barefoot chats so we can give you a shout out too. 
If you feel an old school, why not just share the link with your friends and family? Your support means a ton. Catch you later, my barefoot peeps.